When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. When a stable maid goes to check on a pretty little pony, she doesn't realize she's about to be thrust ear-first into a mystery. And then we travel to Illinois to take a look at the haunted roadways and spooky bridges of that state. We're going to be facing down phantoms and more earthly menaces. And it's an interactive adventure today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. Hope you guys are having a great day too. We got a lot of stuff to cover, so we're going to get started right off. First off, riding in the Dead Rabbit Command on a haunted stagecoach is... Our newest Patreon supporter, Creep Show. Everyone give a round of applause to Creep Show. He's all spooky looking and stuff like that. I'm assuming that's not his birth name. If it is your birth name, I apologize for making fun of your name. But Creep Show, he's like, it's Crepe Chow. It's actually French. Creep Show, you're going to be our spooky captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, or if you're not French, that's fine too. Just help spread the word about the show. Really, really helps out a lot. We also have a merch store. It's in the show notes. Now, Creep Show, I'm going to toss you the get out of the spooky, spooky coach. It's kind of scaring us all. I'm going to toss you the keys to the Dead Rabbit Dirigible. We're going to leave behind Dead Rabbit Command, and we are headed out to the United Kingdom. Take in the Dead Rabbit Dirigible over there. Creep Show's all creeping up the place. We're all, like, hiding from him in the corner. But I'm speaking loud enough that he can listen. He's not left out of this episode. Recently, I talked about the 40 and map on the show. It's basically an interactive version of the Conspiracy Theory Iceberg. And a lot of you guys emailed me and said, hey, how do I find it? How do I find it? It's in the show notes. And I also didn't really make it, label it well in the show notes. So it wasn't on you. It was on me. All of it was on me. But it's going to be in the show notes in this episode, too. So if you guys want to check out the 40 and map, it's a global map of all these weird events. And I, it's a really cool place. I, When I've done all of my other assigned reading for the day, all the websites I normally go to, I always end off the day with a couple clicks of the 40 and map. Now, Alexandra Watts, longtime listener of the show, hit me up with something she found on the map, and she goes, this is the dumbest, this is the dumbest story ever. Like, why is this even on the map? So I said, let's put it on the show. So thank you, Alexandra. She's like, no, don't put this story on the show, dude. Don't put it on the show. I thought it was goofy. Creep Show, go ahead and land a Dead Rabbit Dirigible right here. We're in the United Kingdom, and there's a little pony hanging out in a stable. <laughs> We're walking into the stable. We're brushing her hair. Her name is Misty. Misty the Welsh Pony. And we're brushing her hair. Wilbur. That's an old reference. How come they've never remade Mr. Ed? They should totally make a live-action Mr. Ed with a CGI horse. And you would have The Rock as the horse trainer and Kevin Hart as the voice of the horse. How has that not been done? You're like, because that's a stupid idea, Jason. No, it's not. Mr. Ed. Anyways, for all of you listeners under the age of 80, it's a show about a talking horse. I'm pitching script ideas to Misty. I'm like, come on, you can be, I can make you a star. I can make you a star. Let's get to the real story. So we're going, Alexandra's like, I knew the story was going to go sideways very, very quickly. We're playing with Misty. We're combing her hair. 
And then a stable maid comes in. We all got to hide. Because <laughs> we've broken into the stable. We're not supposed to be here. A stable maid comes in and she's actually doing her job. She's like, that's weird. Misty's hair looks really combed. <laughs> what are all these scripts doing in the stable? Looks like someone is trying to pitch this horse scripts. But that aside, she ends up going back to the, after she does her job, she goes back to the, the estate, the house where everyone else lives at. And she goes, hey, you guys won't believe it. She's reading the script. She's like, oh, this is really compelling. She goes into the, the master's house or the estate house, whatever it is. This is modern times. I didn't really set the story up very well. This is like uh, a couple of years ago. <laughs> this isn't like ancient feudal Europe. But this is like pretty recent. <laughs> this story did go sideways. I guess I shouldn't have done it. This is fairly recent. I didn't write down in my notes, but I think it was like 2012. She goes into the state house and she goes, you guys won't believe what happened. I was down at the stable and Misty's ear was humming. And everyone's like, what? They're like, that's impossible. And she goes, I know. I know it's quite impossible. But as I was in the stable, I could hear a coming out of her ear. It sounded like how your ear buzzes, Lord Lord Buzzier. But it sounds like how a human's ear has that tinnitus in it. But I heard it coming from the pony. And they go, poppycock, that's impossible. But Misty's not doing too well. She also has a lip tumor. And they, they go, we got to take her to the vet. We got to take her to the vet to take care of this lip tumor. So, And as they were at the vet, apparently, they also informed these surgeons that the stable girl heard buzzing coming from Misty's ear. And they're like, that's impossible. And they're like, yep, that's, that's what we thought. They end up removing the tumor from Misty's lip. And then immediately, it's not a flat line. It's not <laughs> what came out wrong. It's not the flat line of its heart monitor. Everyone in the room heard a tinnitus sound. And they're like, what is going on? Every doctor in there, and from here on out until the end of Misty's life, you could hear. This story took place in 1995. I turned my head. I turned my head slightly to the left and actually looked at my notes. April 1995 is when this story took place. The doctors could hear it. The uh, owners of the horse could hear it. Everyone could hear it. This sound was so loud. They said it sounded like a quiet conversation, and you could hear it up to three feet away. They could never figure out what it was. They said sometimes it would get louder and sometimes it would get quieter, but it never, ever went away. And in 2004, Misty unfortunately died. And when she died, the sound stopped. It just went away. They did an autopsy on her and they could find no reason for this. Now, Alexandra sent that over to me. She's, she's blushing at this point that I keep bringing her up, but... She sent the story to me and she goes, what a ridiculous topic. What a ridiculous conspiracy theory. Now on the 40 and map, there's a lot of stuff on there that I could not verify. That's these weird little stories that may or may not be true. There's just no proof of it. This story is 100% true. I was able to find articles backing this up. There's an article about it on newscientist.com. This is a 100% legitimate story. And what it is, this happens, it's called objective tinnitus. Humans can have it too. You know how you get the ringing in your ear? Sometimes the follicles in the ear like mutate and they'll move the wrong way. So the tinnitus will go out of you instead of into you. You won't hear it, but other people will. They say it happens in humans. It's incredibly rare. And generally, you need a stethoscope to hear it because it's not that loud. But for whatever reason, this horse, they don't know why the tumor was the trigger. They said the the stable maid had heard it before. So she just might have had better hearing. But once they removed the tumor, everyone could hear it. They don't know why that would amplify it. 
But it is a real thing, and humans can have it, and humans can transmit it, but it's never that loud. Misty is the only one we know that gets that loud, and I was reading about horses, because that's my job now. Horses don't have the best hearing in the world, like dogs hear better than horses. It's better than humans, but they say it's possible that horses tend to have more ear problems. And they go, that's a theory of why they shake their heads, why they go, (laughs) because their ears, like, hurt or something like that, which sucks. Because they can't itch them. They got no fingers. But yeah, so if you ever see a horse go, Ugh! Give him my script! Give him my script for my Mr. Ed reboot! And then say, Sorry, horse. You must have something in your ear. Creepshow, I'm gonna give you the keys to the Carboner Copter, and then you use your creepy magic to extra spookify the Carboner Copter. Creepshow's like, Yeah, now my style's in effect. Get this Carboner Copter in motion. We're leaving behind the UK. We're headed out to Illinois. <laughs> So the other day I got an email from a Dead Rabbit Radio listener named Nicholas, and he actually sent me some really cool articles about haunted places in Illinois. And I love doing interactive adventures. They're actually really hard to pull off. The things have to align right. You have to have the right set of stories. So I'm really glad that I got these stories, Nicholas. Hats off to you. Really appreciate you sending this stuff over. So I want you guys to pick a number between one and four. Got it? Okay, here we go. First off... We're going to Camp Falcon. That's about 15 miles outside of the town of Crate, Illinois. Camp Falcon. It's by Tinley Creek Woods on 143rd Street. Cars are driving by. We've gotten out of the Jason Jalopy. And we see just a bunch of grass and trees. Now, there used to be some cabins there. They're no longer here. But we're going to go back in time just a couple years, when these cabins were there. It actually used to be a camp. So you had three cabins and a dining hall, and then a few other outlying buildings. Now, because it was, it wasn't super far away from civilization, but it was far enough to be spooky. Plus, it was a camp. Camps are always spooky. According to hauntedplaces.com, there's no reason why these buildings are abandoned. They go, it's a mystery of why this camp 15 miles outside of the Crate, Illinois area, is abandoned. Well, based on my research, I have a couple couple theories of why it may be abandoned. Hauntedplaces.com is great. I discovered this not too long ago. They have a comment section, so people will review haunted places. A lot of times they add additional information and spookier information. In the comments of this place, there is a man named Axeman. Here's his comment for prospective ghost hunters. Quote, don't don't go back there. The bums that beg on 143rd and Harlem live in there. They will attack you. Unquote. There's no there's no there's no doubt in his mind. This obviously happened to this guy. He's not saying, I don't know, the place is a little sketchy. You might get attacked. Don't go back there. He's already gone there one time. He got attacked. By hobos. And what's funny is he specifies the neighborhood of the hobos, which means as he was driving there, he passed 143rd in Harlem, saw a bunch of hobos living there, and he's like, oh, that's weird. I mean, not that there's hobos, but those particular hobos, (laughs) I had a vision of the future. And then he drives a little bit further, starts walking around the woods, and then those same hobos show up, and he's like, ah, local hobos. Don't go back there. When a man whose online moniker is Axeman, is telling you, watch out. Not watch out from him. Watch out from hobos. Listen to him. Listen to the man named after a weapon when he says, don't go there. 
But that's another reason why they closed it. They didn't close it because Axeman's bad Yelp review. The camp's not going to be like, that's that's it, guys. Wrap it up. Axeman wrote a review. They're like, oh, no, Axeman. Let's go back in time to the year 1987. This is a real story. This isn't rumors. This was actually reported in the newspaper. 1987. The Girl Scouts were using the campgrounds at that time. There was 25 girls and there was 8 adults. It's 3.30 in the morning. They're sleeping and then all of a sudden... Hey girls! Hey girls! Come out! Come out! They hear... People... They hear that! They hear what I just said! Everyone's woken up in these cabins. They hear people pounding on the doors, windows, and walls. Let us in! Let us in! These two men, these two drunk men had shown up at 3.30 in the morning and begin to bang on the doors and, in graphic detail, explain what they're going to do to the Girl Scouts. They're banging, they're going into detail about what they're going to do to the women and the girls. And the camp counts, this is 1987, no one has a cell phone. The only phone is in the dining hall. So these guys are going back and forth between these cabins, and again, it's, not in the middle of nowhere, but it, no one else is hearing this. They're banging on the walls, the windows, and the doors. They're there for 30 minutes. Could you imagine someone banging on your door for 30 minutes? And saying that? I mean, what? that would just be annoying. But if they're also saying what they're going to do to you in graphic ways, you're like, ah, you could handle that for maybe two minutes. Anyways, they do leave after a half hour. But you think they're going to come back. So two of the adults had to sneak out of one of the cabins. Go, they call the cops. It took the police another hour to show up. They ended up going to the wrong location. They got attacked by bums. They're like, ah, call for backup, call for backup. They went to a wrong camp. They went to the wrong haunted campsite. Apparently, there's a lot of them in this area. It took them an hour to get there. I think that's why that place. Would you rent that low? Those guys were never caught. They were never caught. Would you want your kids to go to camp there? Would you want to run a camp from there? So I think that's why it's not in operation anymore. But if you picked. Number four, you are now standing at Camp Falcon. It's spooky nighttime. You're looking around, and you see something scuttle in the bush. Scuttle, 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 scuttle. You turn, and then you see scuttle, 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 scuttle. Like, I hope that's a good scuttling and not a bad scuttling. And then you start to see, coming out of the bush, a hobo. The, the, the ultimate enemy of all Dead Rabbit Radio listeners. And he's a hobo, and he's walking... Uh, normal he's just walking normal i'm not gonna make it super spooky but you pick number four and you turn around and then you see more hobos coming and then you like look (laughs) you look to your left and there's another hobo just standing there and he's shaking his head and then you look to your right and there's like an opening you're like oh this is totally dope and then you walk you bump into an invisible hobo and then you get bit and then the next thing you know you wake up it was all a dream (laughs) this podcast doesn't exist you totally jumped that this podcast existed no it's really 2018 and this show never happened you you get bit by it and then you wake up and you're like oh man it was all a dream and then you look out your window because apparently that's what happens you get bit by hobo you end up back at your house you look out your window and the streets of whatever city you're in are filled with hobos it's basically the walking dead but you turn into hobos So basically, just The Walking Dead, all they do is walk around, nobody has a house. But, so if you pick number four, you're now in The Walking Dead, but if you get bitch, you become a hobo. (laughs) I love doing these interactive adventures, whether or not you guys like them, it's always up for debate, but Creep Show, go ahead and fire up that Jason Jalopy, we're leaving leaving behind a possible future, a possible hobo lockalypse. 
that came out wrong. Possibly a hobo apocalypse there. I'll just say that. We're leaving behind that. We are headed out to Coles County, Illinois. Cars driving down the road. And we get to a bridge. Stop the car right here, creep show. The reason why we stopped the car right here is the bridge in front of us is called Airtight Bridge. This bridge spans the Embarrass River. <laughs> I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but that's what it looks like. The Embarrass River. This also, I should say, is known to be a gathering spot for bums. I did not, this is not a joke. This place also has a bunch of bums in it. So I don't know what's going on in Illinois, but apparently, apparently it is the Walking Dead with a bunch of bums. This place is also a gathering place for hobos. People say it got its name, though, because of a particular paranormal event. So Creepshow, go ahead and let's try to drive across this bridge. Cars going across the bridge. But we notice something. Other than the noise of the car, there's no other sound. You can't even hear the water babbling under the bridge. You can't even hear birds. Nothing. Turn off the car. See? Nothing. So some people say it has the name Airtight Bridge because there's some sort of weird phenomenon around it. You can't hear anything on the bridge. That's cool. That's actually a really cool phenomenon. It'd basically be like a portal, but only for sound. So I think that's a cool thing. The other theory, I think this one's dumb. I'm not going to spend too much time on it. But they say that I probably shouldn't spend any time on it. If your gas tank has more air in it than gas, your car can't cross the bridge. How would you even test that? I guess if you looked at the gas gauge and you're like, oh, no, I only have a quarter. Then you just want to take the first off. That's impossible because then to this day, there'd be cars backed up. Once you had like a quarter tank of gas and you couldn't cross the bridge, then what? You got to get out and walk and find more gas. You just siphon the car that's in front of you that's been stuck there for 20 years. It wouldn't make any sense. That's a wi- I don't understand why that would even be part of the theory. The idea of there being no sound, that'd be like having a haunted house where you know 10 serial killers lived and they, they basically were trading victims and a thousand people died there. And then someone going, yeah, and on a full moon, a black cat shows up. You're like, what? That's super, that's super anticlimactic. There's a place where sound doesn't happen. And then you're like, oh, and then sometimes kids will push your car across the bridge. And you put powder on the back of your car and you can see little handprints. What? It's dumb. But anyways, this place also has a true mystery behind it. Let's head back to the year 1980. It's October 19th, 1980 to be exact. And three men are walking through the area and they see a body. Now, it's pretty close to Halloween, so they assume that it's just a prank. But as they get closer to it, they realize it is an actual human woman. She's naked, and her hands, her feet, and her head are all missing. That happened in 1980. It took until the year 2008 to identify the body. There's a woman named Diana Riordan Small. She was never reported missing by her husband, which they thought was suspicious. But it took them until 2017 to arrest him. He was 71 when he was arrested. He committed the crime back in 1980. He was arrested in 2017, and he was sentenced to 30 years in prison for it. What's interesting about these stories is both this one and Camp Falcon, you have the legends, and you have true crime actually happening at these locations. A lot of times at Crybaby Bridge, there's like a a woman threw her baby off the bridge and then jumped to the bridge. We, they never have any proof of these stories. And even the Camp Girl story, I looked up because I was doing a deep dive into Camp Falcon. That wasn't on the Haunted Places thing, I believe. 
but you have these true crimes actually brought into this. So I think that's a very, very interesting thing. But if you picked number two, you are standing alone on Airtight Bridge. It's the middle of the afternoon. It's safe. You should be safe, right? But you're standing there on the bridge. Your car broke down. You didn't check to see how much gas you had. You're like, Dag it, Jason. Why'd you have to make jokes about that? I was trying to test the theory, and now my car's broken down. And while you're standing on that bridge, you see something in the bushes. It's not another hobo. I was about to make a joke about more hobos, but we already did that one, because there are hobos in this area, too. You see something moving in the bushes. You see a man come out of the bushes with a large knife. He's dressed very nicely. He's the opposite of a hobo. He's a nobo. He's wearing a tuxedo. And he's carrying a knife. Now, cars are driving by you. You don't have to worry about it. You start screaming for help. But nobody can hear your screams. They can see you, actually. Okay, so hold on. (laughs) Even if they couldn't see you. Even if they couldn't hear you, they can see you waving your arms frantically, making no noise as a man in a tuxedo, as a nobo, shows up with a knife. Okay, so you get pulled. Okay, you're standing on the bridge. It's 3 p.m. Your car broke down. You're like, damn it, Jason. And then all of a sudden, you fall off the bridge. Now you're under the bridge. A splash. And then you see a bush. And then you see a man, a nobo, show up. A very rich man with a knife crawl out of the bushes. And you're screaming from underneath the bridge, help me, help me, help me. And you're reaching your arm up and you can see the cars driving over the bridge, the people who have better gas mileage than you. And you're like, no, no. And no matter how much you scream, nobody can hear you. Nobody can hear you as the nobo wraps his arm around you and begins to stab you. That's super gruesome. I'm so sorry. I'm actually doing the motions over here. And then you die in the river. And the Nobo just slinks back into the bushes, waiting for his next victim to scream all they want, but nobody can hear anybody on airtight bridge. That was kind of gruesome, considering a real person was murdered there. Sorry, Diana, but your husband is in prison, and that's good because he's a piece of work. Blech. Creep show, creep show, shaking his head. He goes, listen, I'm creepy, and that was a little too much. Sorry, creep show. Let's go ahead and leave behind Airtight Bridge. Drive us on out to the Bridges of Blood's Point. Now we're cooking with grease, right? We had Airtight Bridge, which may have just been bad gas mileage. Camp Falcon one was actually quite terrifying, but uh, the hobos turned out to be... (laughs) The hobos and the drunk youth of Illinois were the real threats of that story. But, dude, can we go wrong with the Bridges of Blood's Point? Look at that name. You you have the Bridges of Blood's Point. There's multiple of them. You have Blood Point Road. You have Blood's Point Cemetery. Dude, this is super spooky, just the name. It's in Cherry Valley, so that kind of ruins it, right? But maybe they're blood red cherries. Don't assume those cherries you're eating aren't actually frozen human blood. Don't don't assume that. Whenever someone says you want a cherry on your Sunday, go, what do you do? I look like Army Hammer? You think I'm some sort of cannibal? You sicko? Blood red cherries, Bloods Point Bridge. This is awesome. Supposedly, if you go to Bloods Point Cemetery, you'll run into hell. You won't run into Wolfman Jack. That's not where he has his radio station. Hellhounds live there. Coming out of the darkness. This is where the story of Blood's Point kind of falls apart. 
apparently they're not hellhounds, but this area does have a problem with packs of dogs, packs of realistic three-dimensional dogs attacking people. So not necessarily hellhounds, just really poorly behaved dogs. So you gotta be careful. You gotta be careful. But apparently also those dogs, they'll come out of nowhere and they'll bite you and then they'll disappear. It doesn't say they fade away into the mist between the realms. I think they just run, I think they just run back into the bushes to hang out with their Nobo masters. But so no hellhounds, just regular dogs that'll bite you. The name Blood's Point isn't because some guy got stabbed and blood was dripping out off of a knife. And then it spelled in the dirt, Blood's Point, like an old 1980s movie title. No, there was a guy named Arthur Blood. That's it. Which, what did his family do for a living, right? How did his family get that name? Arthur Blood was the first Western settler in the area, and he started Flora Township. And he's like, let's name it after me. Let's name it after the spookiest thing inside the human body. And, and to top all of this stuff off with the Blood Red Cherry on your Dairy Queen Sunday... There's a bridge that has one of the things I hate the most about bridges. It has one of those legends that your car stalls on the bridge and then the kids push your car. Like I made a joke about it in the last segment, but this one it's real. Your car stops on the bridge and then little little hands show up. The most ineffective way to move a car is children. Having 30 of them doesn't help. And if they're ghosts, it definitely doesn't help. Ghosts can't even knock over teacups and stuff like that. Now they have to move a half ton of Detroit steel across the bridge. It doesn't make sense. There's, and They say if you put powder on the back of your car, you see little handprints and stuff like that. Even if it was real, first off, you'd have every physicist in the world out there testing this. But that's the most ineffective way to move a vehicle. Now, like a ghost horse, a, a ghost horse attaching itself to the front of your Mustang, that'd be kind of ironic and cool. But 30 ghost kids pushing your car, whatever. Now, this is where we get back on track, ladies and gentlemen. Because the story goes like this. There was a bus that drove off the bridge into the river and 30 kids died. You're like, Jason, is that really us getting back on track? Well, hold on. It's a tragedy. It's fake story, but it's a local rumor. The bus goes off the bridge. The 30 kids die. Now when you stop your car at night on the bridge, the kids push your car. Whatever. It's super lame. Kids Go into the light. Go into the light. Leave the mortal plane. There's better things out there than you being AAA. But there's another version of this story in this area. That it wasn't a busload of kids. It was a van. (laughs) You're like, Jason, Jason, that's not a big enough difference. Hold on, hold on. It was a van full of children. And they were on their way back home from a birthday party. The driver lost control and the van goes off the bridge and crashes into the river. Everyone just had a lot of fun at the birthday party. They're all having their own birthday hats, the presents. And I'm don't worry, this doesn't get any darker than this unless you hate what's coming up next. If you picked the number one, you're standing on this old wooden bridge on Sweeney Road, which is where this part of the story takes place. I didn't mention that earlier. You see this van sitting halfway in the river. It seemed to have been there for ages. Now, you know the stories of the children who are coming home from the birthday party. And you had heard that the driver was also a father of one of the children and the entertainment for the party. The old rusty van door opens up and you see an arm reach out of the car. Now, even though it's caked in mud and mold and filth, 
you can see a little bit of bright colors on the arm. A face looks out of the van. Half of it gashed open, bloody wound. The other half, a white painted clown face. The driver of the van coming back from the birthday party was the birthday clown. And there's been reports in the area that if you go late at night, (laughs) while the kids are pushing your car, if you look underneath the bridge, you'll see the battered and torn form of a clown crawling towards you from underneath the bridge. If you pick number one, that's what you're looking at right now. You can't move. You're standing there paralyzed. It's almost as if 30 kids are holding onto your legs. You can't move as this clown crawls closer and closer to you. It's so close you can hear the mud dripping off of its face and hitting the pavement in front of you. The last thing you smell... (laughs) I don't know why smell. Out of all the senses, I don't know why this one. The last thing you smell is a mixture of old, stale swamp water, face paint... And the stench of hell as the clown monster takes a bite out of your face. Now, most of you guys don't care about clowns, but just pretend you were scared. Because I think that's scary. I'm not really scared of clowns, but that would... I would be scared of clowns. I would be petrified of clowns if that happened. I see clowns, I I don't even think about it. But if I saw a clown monster crawl out of a wrecked vehicle from 30 years ago and make its way towards me, even if I could get away, I would never trust another clown, ever. Creep Show, let's go ahead and leave behind this clown and these little kids. They're setting traps. Maybe the kids aren't pushing the cars across the bridge. Maybe they're pushing it off the bridge. But they're not good. They're not good at it. So they accidentally push the cars to the other side of the bridge. We don't know because... It's a stupid myth, and I don't think kids are effective car pushers anyways. But we are leaving behind the Bloods Point Bridges. We are headed out to our last location. If you picked number three, this is you. We're headed to Collinsville, Illinois. Specifically, we're going to Lebanon Road. On Lebanon Road, there are seven railroad bridges. That if you drive through these bridges in the right order, at the right time, you can go to hell. Now, I know what you're thinking. Why would anyone want to do that? We'll answer that maybe in a bit. But if you drive through all the gates in a particular order, and the order is well known. It's not like people have to do this randomly. If you drive through all the gates in a particular order and you drive through the last one exactly at midnight, you will be transferred to the hell dimension. Your car will actually go to hell. I said we were going to talk about it later. I guess we're going to talk about it right now because I've already gotten this point. The, the question is, is why would a human want to go to hell as a person? Like, some people might be, want to be like, dude, heaven's lame. I'm going to go to hell when I die. And as a soul, I mean, it's still a kind of a dumb thought, but whatever. What would be the advantage of going as a biological human? Would there be any, like, if it is a realm of the spirit, if you went there as a human with a car full of, like, weapons and rock and roll CDs and saying, like, oh, dude, I love this stuff. Would there be any advantage to that? And you're probably thinking, Jason, you're totally overthinking it. This is just a bunch of teenagers who have told this story for the past 50 years. But if someone said, tell you what, you can go to hell for a couple weeks or a couple minutes even, and then come back out and you'll totally be safe, would you do it? And everyone's shaking their head no. 
I'm just trying to think if there would be an advantage to it. I don't, I can't think of one. I wouldn't want to drive for an hour knowing by the end of the destination, I'm going to hell. There's a special clause to this one. If you do the journey backwards, if you start at gate seven and drive underneath the first bridge right at midnight, you don't go to hell, but a bunch of hellhounds show up. These are actual hellhounds, not the wild dogs from the last story. These are actually hellhounds, and they will tear open reality, and you can take a glimpse of hell. You can see hell. Now, that's a little more appealing. It's not high on the places I want to see. It's probably fairly low, but I that I could see someone wanting to do. They to take a glimpse of hell. I wouldn't want to go there under any circumstances whatsoever. But if someone says, hey, you do, as a paranormal researcher, and I wasn't going to get sucked in, or the hellhounds weren't going to, like, trip me, or, you know, like, they all stand on each other's shoulders and pretend to be a businessman, and they're like, here's your new house. And I'm like, Ugh. If I was just looking at it, that might be fine. But again, I'd rather see pretty much anything else on the planet Earth than a million years in a split-second eternal torment. So... But again, as a paranormal research, I might want to see that before I see, like, a chicken having sex with a book. So, I mean, it's there There are things I would want to see less than hell, but there's there's not a lot of them. So you have that. I would it, Basically, I'm saying, in the longest way possible, if I had my choice between going to hell or simply looking at, looking at it, I would rather just look at it and then be alive again. But what's interesting is, let's look, go through these gates real quick. Um, <laughs> we're going to end up in hell at the end of the episode. No, no, no. Gate one, apparently there's just nothing, no real rumors attached to it. It's fairly close to town. Gate two, because you're doing this journey at night, there's stories of Ku Klux Klan activity out there and people being hung, people being lynched off of this bridge. So people say that if you drive through gate two, super tasteless, but as you, which is pretty much this whole episode, if you drive past gate two, apparently you will see, you know you're on the right path because you'll see a hanging man waving at you in the darkness as you drive underneath that bridge. Gates 3 and 4 are known as the Twin Gates. And in the real world, outside of any of this paranormal stuff, they are the most dangerous gates to go through. There's like a hairpin turn that you have to go through to get from Gate 3 to Gate 4. There are reports here. This is where we get the most paranormal activity reports of ghost hunters on the ground. You go through Sound is Silent. Again, they say the only thing you can hear in this area is a stream. You do hear water, but you hear no birds, you hear no bugs, you hear no animals, nothing. Sound, again, is warped here. Although there is a story of another car hearing a car approaching them, and because it's such a tight corner, these ghost investigators were really afraid they're going to get in a car accident, and the sound passed them, there was no car. So there does seem to be some sort of phenomenon here from people on the ground. There's also a house out there, and it's not like a spooky house. It's a house with people living in it, and there's signs all over the house. Stay out, private property, go away, all that stuff. Because I'm sure they get a lot of visitors being like, hey, do you guys ever go to hell? And they're like, no, you can go to hell, because I'm going to call the cops, so get out of here. Gate 5 is known, not necessarily for being paranormal, but it's the longest and it's the narrowest. It's very that That one is also very dangerous to be driving down especially late at night, because remember, a lot of kids are going to be doing this stunt. Gate 6, there's a rumor about it that years ago, of course, the story's always generations before the people telling it, two teenagers are tripping acid, dude, and they were going to open the gates of hell while they were tripping acid, man. Totally cool. And that's not cool. Driving on acid, not a great idea. Apparently, they were driving through Gate 6, 
they were tripping on acid and they smashed into the wall of the tunnel. They died on impact. People say these days you can see a ghost car sometimes crash into the wall. Apparently there's another place in the area called Acid Bridge. Unrelated, but two kids doing acid driving. They weren't going to hell. They were just driving around. They drive off the bridge. Sometimes you can see a car full of acid-fueled ghosts here. And then, for some reason, other people thought it was a great idea. And they died in another part of the area off of the bridge. And then when you get to gate 7, that is the final gate. You have to pass it right at midnight your car will journey into hell. Now, I got a lot of my information from a website called The Horror Syndicate. They, they're the ones who really, they went on this trip. They're the ones talking about the dangerous turns, the ghost car, and all of that stuff. They did an update, and they said it's closed. This place is super popular, and they announced on their website, the gates of hell are closed. Sorry, saying you're out of business. He's like, no, I need so many more souls. The roadway's actually been closed, and it was gates three and four barriers, concrete barriers have been put up so you can no longer go through gate three and gate four. Obviously, the theories are this. One, it was a safety thing because that was the tightest corner and you had to do them in the right order. And remember, if you, you have to pass it right at midnight. So if you have teenagers that started it late and it's a long journey, people would get bored on this trip. They'd think it was this quick thing. People get bored halfway through and just turn around. You have kids doing this if they're leaving late, they're speeding, you have these tight corners, you have people doing it in different directions because some want to go to hell, some just want to see it. Everyone is scared, everyone's jumpy, probably a lot of drugs and alcohol involved, like the acid kids. And then you have a house in there of people with like cars and jobs. It's not a spooky house. It's a regular house. So the fact that three and four now have barriers in front of them could be a safety thing. It could be those people who own that property by Gates 3 and 4 just erected the barriers or told the city, can you do something about this? These people are driving around all the time. It's super dangerous. Apparently, the horror syndicate found out there is a workaround to this. You can actually still hit those gates, but you have to go in this long loop. Somehow you can get past the barriers. They go, you can still make it, but you have to double back through tunnels and take different routes and things like that. That actually would make it more dangerous because now there's no rhyme or reason to any of this stuff. And if you're driving around concrete safety barriers on road, that probably isn't even maintained at this point. It's more dangerous, but really at the end of it, that makes it more fun for these kids. But we're not worried about the kids of Illinois. <laughs> they can fend for themselves. We're worried about the people who picked number three. Because if you picked number three, before the safety barriers went up, you decided to get in a car all by yourself, and you're making the journey through the seven gates of hell. You pass the first one, no problem. You pass the second one, and see a man who was unjustly hung a century ago waving at you as you drive underneath his body. You make the sharp corners at three and four. You drive down the long, dark tunnel of five. And when you get to six, just to make the experience perfect, you take a hit of acid. You take that little... I've never done acid before, but I've seen it in movies. You take that little piece of paper and you put it on your tongue. You're like, Jason, I should have taken that hours ago. Acid, acid doesn't work like that. I don't know. How long does acid take? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. This is super acid. This is acid you bought from a hobo, from a hobo at Camp Falcon. It's super concentrated acid. You put it on your tongue. Oh, oh. It's like a Sprite commercial centered on one cubic centimeter of your tongue explodes your soul and you pass through gate six and then you pass through gate seven right at midnight. 
The legend wasn't true. You wasted that hobo acid on just a drive. So you go home. You drive all the way from Chicago to wherever you live. You go home. You go to bed. You wake up. You cut your face off. You feed it to the dogs. You feed it to your dogs. It's really intense acid. And then you're just going about your business. And every so often out of the corner of your eye, you see something move. Turn and you look. Nothing's there. You just continue to go about your day. You're going to the reconstructive surgeon. You're picking out a new face today. You're like, oh, this would be a good day. I hope I look like Brad Pitt. (laughs) I keep forgetting how many women listen to this show. They're like, I don't want to look like Brad Pitt. Your life existence continues on. Every so often you see something out of the corner of your eye. And then you have a great family. You go to college. Um, you get rich, you you start your own college, <laughs> you start a college for people who repair faces, and then you're surrounded by your loved ones when you die, and you go peacefully in your sleep. And then you drive through the tunnel of gate seven, and you look around, and you go, what? I wasted all that hobo acid. Oh, man, that sucks. I might as well drive home now, because that's what people do when they're done with their activities. They go home. You go home. Cut your face off. Cut your face off. And you start seeing more shadows in your field of view. The world seems to be getting darker. But you have a good life. You meet your soulmate. You get married, have children. You die surrounded by your family. You're driving through the tunnel and you go, What? I wasted all that hobo acid. I hope I have a sharp knife at home. Because that won't be a waste. And you see, out of the corner of your eye, a multitude of dark figures. But when you turn to face them, they're gone. Your eternity is living a perfect life, but seeing evil gaining ground every single day towards you. You will always end your journey surrounded by your friends and family as you die. But each time you die, you will become so much more fearful, so much more paranoid and afraid that you don't understand why the people who love you, love you. After the hundredth time this happens, you are a husk of your former self. But when you meet your soulmate, they still have that beautiful smile. They still look at you like you are a whole person, but you have simply withered away at this point. The fact that you know you're not a complete human and that people treat you so normally begins to drive you mad. And the dark figures are now clouding everything. You can't see past the shadows, but you can still hear the voices of people who love you. And that actually makes things a thousand times worse. You know you are nothing. And reality is just a joke. And you are doomed to be the punchline until time itself ends. If you pick number three, you truly are trapped in hell. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at deadrabbitradio. 
Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day. I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. Bye.